Hello and welcome back to Beyond This Reality the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie, and I just wanted to give a warm welcome to you and your sweet body. <laughs> you know, I haven't really talked about it so much on this podcast, but most people think that they are their body. And you, well, I, I encourage you to ask yourself a question. Am I my body? And see what you get. See what you get. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this today, um, and for me, my point of view um, is that your body is your body and you are you. <laughs> and if you've heard my podcast before, or even just the first few episodes, I was sharing with you how I would really just communicate with people's bodies as a chiropractor and get different information. And something I discovered by having so much experience doing this for years not just with other people and their bodies, but also my own. So I shared the story of my um, chronic pain journey and just how so many things have changed. And that's my cat just saying hello. And if you're watching on the video, her butt is in my face. So we'll just say, so she can say hi. So she's just going to say hi to the people who are on YouTube. Hello. <laughs> and down she goes. Okay. So... Um, yeah, I shared how my journey had changed with pain in terms of me just communicating with my body in a completely different way. And my body was giving me all this information. And I was like, wait a minute, my body is not me because it doesn't have, you know, the same points of view that I have. So for example, I had the point of view that if I had chronic pain, chronic meaning it's accumulated over a long period of time, that it would also take a long time to change. Hey, stop. Real life. <laughs> She's like, I want to dig in this corner that I've never gone to before now. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So I, um, yeah, so I, I communicated with my body in, in a very different way. I was like, wait. I had the point of view that chronic pain would take chronically long time to change. Like I thought input, output, if it took a long time to, you know, create, if I took a, like, if, if it was a long, if I've had the pain for a long time, it's funny, I can't even like <laughs> cognize it anymore. If I've had the pain for a long time, it's obviously going to take a long time to change. That was my basic point of view. And my body was like, nope. Nope, that's actually not it at all. It's it, like it doesn't work like that at all. And I was like, I thought, you know, I went to school, I learned about pain. I thought I knew something about pain and healing. And here my body is like, nope, no, I'm going to show you something really, really different. And so that was the beginning of a completely different universe opening for me. Because, like I said in the episode the other day, it's like, uh, when you have that intensity of pain and it just changes, I literally didn't know like where I was or what was happening. It was like a very different world. And um, what I've come to get now is something that's like really popular in like self-help, um, like in the self-help paradigm or metaphysical paradigm, which now are kind of getting like kind of intermingled 
is this idea like thoughts create things. And I, I like worked with that for a while. Like I bought that point of view. I was like, okay, cool. Thoughts create things. And I did a lot of work with Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, which I'll talk about today too, around that. I'm like, okay, if thoughts can create things and, you know, if you want to learn more about this, like, please just Google Dr. Joe Dispenza because he will go into, if you still need to prove this to yourself or you still need science to prove this to you, like he's wonderful at this because he's done it. <laughs> and so what he showed a lot at is, is, is that we, we create our lives based on things that, and he says thoughts, but um, my point of view has changed a little bit on that. But what he really showed is that we, we create our lives based on old ideas from our minds. So he said like our mind is just like it's just a reference for the past. Any past choices that we've made. And a lot of people make choices based on their past. Well I did this before, so I'm gonna do this again. But he's like you just create more of the same. And when you keep doing that over time and you keep choosing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and you don't have a new experience it actually starts to to kill your body because the same thing over and over and over and over again, it desensitizes your receptors if you just keep choosing the same thing over and, and over. And your body likes variety. It likes to create new different things. And so when you're asking it to create the same uh, protein over time, the proteins get weaker. You know what I mean? So it's like he goes into the science of all of that. And I'm not going to do that today. But for me, it like the thoughts creating things was like a really cool conceptual idea. And when I went to go institute that in my life to see what I could create, I realized that something like there was something bigger that was truer for me. And that was that your point of view creates your reality. So it's very similar to what Dr. Joe was talking about, but it's a little bit more broad and it makes um it just makes more sense to me and I've played with it in my life and it creates more for me dynamically. So what I mean by that is like we, and this is my, this is what I'm now working with. And this is why I'm sharing it with you. It's just my interesting point of view is that we buy points of view all the time. And so let's just say I'm going to combine both here. Like I'm going to create, I'm going to combine the point of view idea with the thought idea. So let's just say, that you buy the point of view that, um, and I'll just use the one that I know. So um, it takes a long time to heal chronic pain, right? So let's just say you buy that point of view. The thing that's actually kind of scary about that is that that was so factual for me. Like that was such a fact that I didn't even question that that, that could change. And so this is why Dr. Joe's work is so powerful and the work that I do with my clients is, is really, really powerful because we have these things in our world and I'm going to call them points of view that we don't even know we have. And what I mean by that is until my pain got so bad and I had changed so many things in my life to that point, 
and I was willing to have something different, that when I chose in a different direction, this point of view came up. And then I could actually look at it and be like, whoa, I have this point of view that it takes a long time. And you might notice that that's being projected out there in the world. There are a lot of people who will happily help you buy the point of view that it takes a long time to change chronic pain. And that's because they've had chronic pain for a long time. Or it's a really great model business-wise if you tell people it takes a long time to heal chronic pain. Um, and so the, the people I bought the point of view from had pain for a long period of time. And so I didn't want to invalidate them or their experience by changing my pain so quickly. And I didn't know any of this stuff, which is so wild. And so I'm sharing this with you because I'm like, whoa, that was the beginning point of me for like completely changing what was happening in my world in front of me. And now I've just been like, now I know the energy and the energetics around things that you've just decided can't change. And so I like part of my kind of mission on this planet is to show people that like anything and everything can change. Because it's really easy to be like, the planet's going to shit. You know, there's an environmental crisis. There's, you know, there's a money crisis. It's so easy to talk about those things. And a lot of people talk about them. And you can tell at the underlying energies that it can't change anyway. And so I'm just going to have to deal with this. If everybody has that point of view that nothing can change, what's going to happen? Like, I think about things on a global scale. Like, if we all take the point of view that we're all fucked, the planet's fucked, and nothing will change, what is actually going to happen? Like, what will that create? And so I realize that if we're going to talk about changing things globally and, you know, changing the, like, climate crisis and, you know, changing what's happening in the economy, if we're seriously going to do those things, it starts here. Like, it starts with us changing things for ourselves first, you know. And one thing that I um, kind of differ um, in, in opinion with Dr. Joe, and this is what I mean. So Dr. Joe selling the point of view that changes heart. Like, the first question he said that his company was designed to answer is, why is change so hard? And... I was like, that's interesting because the presumption is that change is hard. And so what's interesting is that I found that I never questioned that too. Like I had this point of view, which is really just a presumption that change is hard. And I'm like, is that true that change is hard? And I go out into nature and I'm like, no, nature is always changing. That's the thing. Once you're always changing, then change is not hard. But if you resist change, then change becomes more difficult. I'll agree on that. But if you embrace change, and for me, I'm like always changing. So change isn't hard. There are things that come up that are challenging, but change itself isn't hard. Because nature is showing me that change is not hard. Nature goes through a shit ton of challenges all the time. Change isn't hard, though. Like you can do um, challenging things with ease very, very different point of view. So this is where I realized that I differ from him because I was like, your whole company's based on that. 
So if you change that point of view, his whole company changes, which again, ironically, we're talking about change, which is and ironically, his whole company talks about change, which is why it's so fascinating. So I wanted to talk to him for a while because I just bring this up with him and be like, hey, because like I've I've used his tools and then I've also seen where they they don't work as much for me because I have these differing points of view. And I want you to know that this is always evolving which can seem daunting or be really exciting. <laughs> and it, it's sort of, again, it's just the point of view that you take. So if you say, okay, change is hard, it's going to be daunting. But if you're like, okay, change and me embracing change is different and maybe challenging, but will also bring new things, then you're going to have a totally different experience when it comes to change. And here's the even more interesting thing about all of this. There is no right and wrong. So if you want to take the point of view, change is hard, your life is just going to look one way and it's going to be one way and you're going to have certain different types of energies in your life. If you take the uh, the um, the point of view that change can be challenging but can happen with ease and can create something greater that I've never had before, then your life is going to look a different way and you're just going to have different energies be a, be a part of your life. And none of it is right and none of it is wrong. You know, I think the greatest work I've done as a coach is to have that point of view that there's no right and there's no wrong. It's just what people are choosing. Now, that may differ from what I'm choosing, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. It just means it's different. And so I've I've like literally done so much work to look at my points of view around healing and like what I think healing is versus what it can be for someone else. And so I think that's like the 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 energy that I bring that's very different than other um, coaches that I've seen out there where they're like, they have these points of views around what is right and wrong and they want you to do what's right and wrong according to them. And I've played with that too. And I, I'm still finding like points of views that I didn't even know that I had, but I've cleared enough of them and a lot of them that I know I can offer a different space for people to really just look at what are your points of views and are they working for you? And a lot of people know what their points of views are and they still choose not to change it. And so that has been like another like uncomfortable thing. I'm like, oh my God, you're looking at this point of view. You're aware that it's not working for you and yet you don't want to change it. And it had, it was frustrating in the beginning because I'm like, I was delusional. I was like, if people have this point of view, okay, so for example, people were aware as a chiropractor after working with me, and even as a coach, so I'll talk about it on two different things. So as a chiropractor, people were aware that they had this point of view that this problem would never change. And then they were aware that like this could change and it could happen with ease. But they were like, no, I'm, I'm just going to choose that everything's hard and can't change. And I was like, but you're paying me for this. So I thought, well, they're paying me money. They'll definitely want to change their point of view. And it was like, no. Sometimes they would stop seeing me and they would go see another chiropractor who fit their point of view that everything was hard and there was something wrong with them. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And even with money, you know, when I said money, whoa, I just got that that changed a lot. But um, even with money, it's like, if you have this point of view that money's hard to earn, and then you earn a lot of money with ease, there's like a doorway. This is the way I explain it to clients. It's like there's a doorway to changing your point of view. 
but I can't push you through the doorway. <laughs> I can't, I can't force you to choose it. Like you've got to choose it for you. And I've seen people who have earned money in like, they're trying to reason and justify and like figure out how it happened. It's like you changed your point of view. And here's the interesting thing. There is no right. There is no wrong. And you can literally go back tomorrow to the old point of view. And here's the thing. No one's really going to care. Like nobody really cares if my point of view is one way or the other. It's just the quality of life I'm going to have is going to be different. And so there's a lot of things in here. I just wanted to share with you. You can change your point of view every single day. And then it's like a muscle. So when I shared that story about how I changed my chronic pain very easily, that was a muscle that I had to build in order to allow that change with ease. Because my old point of view was stronger and this new point of view that I wanted to take was like a baby muscle that I didn't even know that I had. So I'm like, well, how do I even work this muscle out that I don't even know is there? And so I had to learn that I have to keep choosing in that direction. So I have to keep allowing that change to happen rather than default to something that's more familiar. And so this is a lot about what Dr. Joe talks about. And another thing that I wanted to just touch on really quickly, there's two more things I wanted to like touch on. I keep talking about Dr. Joe and um, for those of you who like really want to like look at, you know, studies and proof of this kind of thing, he is really like the leader in this. So for example, he took people that had, um, so I, I was a part of a research study called Imagine. And it was the most data points they've ever collected in a research study. It was the most quote-unquote invasive study they've ever done. So we had to do an EEG before, during, and after the event, which is basically just like looking at the different signals that are happening in your brain. Um, and then we also did blood work before and after. We did saliva samples before, during, and after. And then we also did... Uh, an MRI before and after. Lots of data points, lots of collections, lots of time that I gave. And like literally my blood, sweat and tears, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally. <laughs> and um, in my other podcast, I really, I talked about that experience right after it, it happened. So if you want to hear more about that experience and what it's like being in an, in an MRI, um, yeah. Definitely, and it was a head. It was a head MRI, so I was like all the way in the like little tunnel. But um, you know what's interesting? Just really quickly, and it's related to this. It's like I had never been in an MRI before, um, and it's really interesting when you when you go in an MRI, but you're not like usually MRIs are used if there's like serious accident, injury, or cancer imaging. So the energy around MRIs are like panic and like sadness and distress and very interesting. And here I'm just like, I'm doing this for research, you know, and it was very, very interesting. I was also the very first person ever to go into an, an MRI for research for Dr. Joe's research. Um, like there was 20 of us chosen for the study, but I was the very, very first one to actually go in the MRI. 
Now, why that's relevant is because it was the it was that particular team's first time using that MRI at um, UC San Diego, and um, they had to get familiar with it. So I was in the MRI for almost for like more than two hours, which is wild because it's supposed to take like thirty minutes. <laughs> so I was in there for like four times as long, and. I chose that and I'm so happy I chose it because it brought up all kinds of weird ass points of view that I did not even know that I had. So um, I'll tell you, it's like you see the tunnel from outside and then you lie down in the bed thing, which is interesting. And they, they try to make you comfortable, but it's just like flat plastic or whatever. I don't know. So they, they give you all these things to make you comfortable. And then What's interesting is because there were so many people going into the same MRI thing back to back, they asked me to wear a mask and I I almost didn't go through with it, but I chose to go through with it. And the thing about that is like, you have to wear a mask and then they put a cage over your face. So that was interesting because I didn't know about the cage when I agreed to the mask. <laughs> and then I was like, fuck, because it's like, it's scary, you know, it's like, wait, what? And then they put this mask on and then they put on a cage. So I want you to think about if you've ever, you, we've all had a mask on now and then think about a cage, um, over your face. So if you think about like, um, like, a like a colander, like that kind of mesh kind of over your face. Um, and then they say, okay, we're going to push you in the tunnel and, you know, I'm not a very wide person and they put blankets on you because I asked for blankets because it's pretty cold. And I remember as they push me, you know, I'm going in the tunnel, which is like in the big MRI machine. My arms start to like come in a little bit. Like it is tight in there. And it was like, you're in this like little cylinder that is like, if you're watching this on like YouTube, it is like right over you. So you're in this tiny ass cylinder there's a cage over your face and now you're wearing a mask. So there is like no fucking space in there. And they give you like a squeeze ball. Actually, I think it was in this hand. They give you like a squeeze ball and they're like, if anything, if you're not feeling okay or you're not feeling good, like squeeze this ball. And I remember when I got in there and I opened my eyes and I was like, holy shit. Like there's like nothing I was like, oh my God, I started to freak out. I started to freak the fuck out. And what I mean is like all of my hidden points of view that I didn't even know that I had showed up. (laughs) So first of all, I thought I was going to die. Like I thought I died, but not even that. I thought I was buried alive. Like I thought I was going to be buried alive. And I had no idea that I had this point of view around being buried alive and that it was so scary and blah, blah, blah. Like I had none. (laughs) was like what where the fuck did I buy this point of view well I wasn't thinking that at the time but afterwards I was just laughing at myself because I was like what and my body was freaking out it was like get us out of here now (laughs) stat like I almost squeezed that ball three times because I was like no no way what the fuck is this like holy shit like it's just this tunnel that's dark and yeah, I don't know. For me personally, like a lot of people would have just been like, cool, right away. But I was not like that. I was like freaking out. All these points of view around death, dying, being buried alive showed up. 
And I was like, holy fuck. Um, and some of them were just me being aware of the energy in that um, in that tunnel. Because but like, like I said, most people who have MRIs of their brain, it's probably not for great things. Um, you can tell by the energy. It's like most people are like, are you going to die or live or how bad is it? And, you know, we need to do this exact imaging so we know exactly where to make the cuts or whatever. Like it's not it's not it's not always pretty so some of that was bought but the one that I knew that was me was the buried alive one I was like this is my shit (laughs) this is my crap that I bought and so what's cool is at the time I really had Dr. Joe's tools so I used them I used the tools actually it's funny they were like don't meditate (laughs) they were like don't meditate yet (laughs) and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god so I just got to be with whatever was showing up um, and then I got to actually meditate in um, in the MRI, which was, again, you want to talk about like game changing experience, reality changing experience. The reason why it was so reality changing for me is because I went from being completely like terrified. And I know that there was no like immediate threat to my well-being, but it's very different, um, like primal um, fear that showed up. Like it's very intense, like very, like very, very, very intense. And maybe that's coming through and maybe it's not, but it was this primal fear in a way that's different from like a tiger coming at you. Um, which I was like, holy shit. So this is what I mean. I got to experience these points of views that I didn't even know I had. I'm not even sure how people experience that in this reality. It's like, I don't get it, but my, my whole point of this was I got to use, I was like, okay, so this primal weird ass point of view shows up. Now I have tools. So I got to meditate and that was my tool at the time that was really working for me. So I got to finally meditate and I got to choose a very, very, very different. I, I just chose something very different. And I remember I opened my eyes after meditating and then they had to do other things. Like it was wild. They had to like shake me in the thing. So they wanted to see where water was going in my brain. It was actually really cool to find out afterwards, but in, during the process, it's like, Holy fuck. And like I said, I was in there for two hours. So I was like, Oh my God. Um, And they were like so grateful to me because I don't know if anyone else would have had that kind of allowance, but anyway, so afterwards um, after I like meditate I opened my eyes and it was like, instead of the MRI chamber being this tiny thing, it was like big. It's like I had all this space all of a sudden. And I like wasn't, I didn't even notice that there was like a cage over my face anymore. And like I said, the weird thing was the, the actual tunnel was the same. Like it was still like right here, but I wasn't experiencing it like this anymore. Like I was space, like I was more spacious. So it didn't really matter what the tunnel was because I was experiencing, I was experiencing space and my body was so fucking relaxed. <laughs> like relaxation was different for me after that day. Like literally I couldn't experience relaxation the same after that day because I was like, oh my God, to go through what I went through and then to choose to change it 
And my body was just like, oh my gosh, it was such a relief to my body to not have that fucking point of view anymore. But I didn't even know that I was like literally walking around life carrying that point of view, which was so strange. And it was so beautiful that I got to make a different choice. Like, I don't know why I signed up to be a part of the study and I have no idea why they chose me, but I'm starting to get it. I'm like, I don't have to cognitively get it, but energetically I'm like, I get it. Like what a gift for me to go through that experience. And then all the things that were happening in my brains, all the chemicals that my brain, that, that my brain was like making everything they're studying. They have, it was caught on tape for lack of a better term. Like they were literally collecting my data in real time. And then I gave, you know, cheek samples and like spit samples and blood. And the reason why we actually give cheeks, um, samples and like spit samples like we scrape our cheek to get spit the reason why you do that is because it's the fastest way to track dna changes so dna changes happen really really quick and you can actually see that in a cheek swab and i want to tie this all together by just sharing the early 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 um, results from that imagine study that i was a part of so dr joe recently talked about it and i read the article and i'm laughing because as I'm sharing this with you, I realize that I, like I'm telling you, I'm like, re- like relaxation had a whole new different meaning for me after that event. Because to feel my body just so fucking relaxed and no one told me to relax. It was something that just happened after I moved through this. I was like, damn. And I just felt so fucking good. I was so relaxed. <laughs> and I remember because we were so late because I was in there for like, four times the amount of time everybody got pushed back. Like we were all late, but everybody didn't know that. So they were coming in for their MRIs, but, and then finding out like we're going to be behind and had nothing to, to like do with me. They just couldn't figure out the MRI thing. And so the, the like person who came in the group afterwards, she was local and she had a car and she's like, do you want to go get some food? And I was like, fuck yeah. Afterwards. And I was so relaxed. Then we like went to go get food. And then by the time we came back, the person that I drove over with was done. And then I just got to leave. (laughs) So it worked out perfectly. But anyway, um, so Dr. Joe's, uh, studies, um, the, the really early results from the Imagine study are very interesting. So let me just share this with you. So like I said, and Dr. Joe says a lot. So if you go look at his videos online, he will say that your body is a pharmacy. Like your body can make every chemical that you can buy. Actually, a lot of the chemicals that people take, or sorry, not chemicals, medications people take are based off of something your body already does. So let me give you a quick example. So you you, you may have heard of morphine. So morphine is a very, very, very powerful painkiller. And they give it to people when, you know, shit is rough, (laughs) like during surgery um, or before surgery, during, well, during surgery too. Um, And then afterwards um, sometimes, or if people like break a leg or whatever, they give them morphine because it's a really, really, really powerful painkiller. Now your body actually um, makes something that's just as powerful as morphine and it's called beta endorphins. And they're basically like the feel good stuff, right? So um, very, very similar in terms of, it's funny cause like morphine is sold as a painkiller and the beta in endorphin is just something that you feel good with, but they have the same result is that you don't experience pain, which is so interesting anyway. So 
they were tracking this these endorphins so they were tracking the like beta endorphin because that's basically like what scientists call like your like body's morphine um so they were tracking that one and they were tracking another one that i can't remember the the name of but they were tracking these two endorphins and they looked at them pre like i said we did a pre and post for blood so this is what they got from our blood um and this is after a seven day meditation retreat so all we're doing for seven days is meditating and i shouldn't say all and we're changing points of view so like i said i gave you a very cognized version of that but i was changing all kinds of points of views that i didn't even know i had And to be honest with you, you don't need to cognize them. You can just get them energetically and choose something different. So you don't have to know them. So that's what I love about Dr. Joe's work. He's getting you to change your point of view if you choose. And what's so cool is like, yes, there's a group that's small of 20 people. But what's so interesting, and I'll post a link um, underneath this and you can read for yourself. But what I think is so fascinating is that 100% of us, Every single person in that study had statistically significant increases in those endorphin levels. Like they were so high that they had to retest to make sure that it wasn't like a fake number. A hundred percent of people had statistically significant increases in these two endorphins after a seven day event. That has never happened before. Even in the papers on like scientific, you know, studies with drug trials, they never have a hundred percent of people having a statistically significant increase in something. It never happens, even with like a small group of 20. Or I shouldn't say it never happens, it's rare. And if that happened, even if it was an, an early research like this is, you would be hearing about it on the news. It'd be like the next billion dollar drug wild fucking wild and it's funny i when i read that i fucking laughed because i was like i knew it i lived it i wasn't (laughs) i don't need a study to show me it anymore i just know that it works like my experience and what i knew was true for me i knew and you wait when that study when they do more and more because there's so much fucking data collection and then they have like 10 other studies going on so it takes time And it's only been like a year since we did it. Um, But you just, and I knew when I was doing this study and I'm just like giving my blood cheek and all this stuff, like this is going to fucking change the game, you know, 20 years from now. It's going to change the way people look at healthcare. It's going to change the way different, you know, doctors talk about different interventions and what people are educated on. And that excites me because I'm here to change the future of, medicine healthcare all of that and so this was such an interesting way I got to do that and again it never shows up the way you think and so it was so cool and the early studies I'm I'm like smiling and like laughing because I'm like oh my god it's going to change so many things I get goosebumps now like I have goosebumps right now thinking about it and so I wanted to share what my lived experience was and give you the link to look at the the um, early results because they're so fascinating and it's just going to get cooler and cooler and it just adds to me now I don't require proof of that the stuff works it's just I get to be the proof in my life and then this just adds to it it's just so cool to see and for people who are different stages of 
of what they're choosing, this might be something that that helps them choose. So I'm just so excited to see what the future brings. And if you've listened this far, just thank you so much. Um, I would love to hear from you um, around, you know, what are points of view you have that you don't think can change. And maybe I can do an episode on it, or maybe I can bring you on the episode and we can do like a live thing where we can work through it. So if you're down for that, let me know. I think that would be a huge um, contribution to people as well to, to, to hear that. So if you're brave enough and willing to do that, please reach out to me. I'll put my contact info below. Please reach out. And I would love to do that. And if you also want to work with me, I have a lot of one-on-one options. I do breath work and I'd be so, I'd be so happy to, to just chat with you. So you can book in a call and do that as well. But thank you to you and your bodies for tuning in. And I can't wait to see you next week. Bye-bye.